the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode on Dr. Ru- uh, sorry, Dr. Ruth. <laughs> Dr. Ruth, if you know well, who she is. That's right. But what, what, We're what talking we- about pornography. We talk yep. about addiction. We do talk about sex. And we talk about what the role of parents Parenting, is. Yep. That's right. I think it's very important. So if you're really interested in the effect of pornography can do on your intimate life, why affairs happen the way they happen, and what you can do as parents to prepare your kids, I think this is the show for you. Yeah, and if you are a guy that is underperforming in the bedroom, then this is definitely a show <laughs> for you too. There might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it might be from all that porn you're watching. <laughs> so That is true. Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode, and if you have any questions at all, real questions, <laughs> send us a direct message and enjoy the show, guys. That's right. All this and more in today's episode. I love it. Can Luciano. I try? Can I, sorry, we're, reco- we're recording. I know, I know. I'm making, so- <laughs> ex- making fun of my accent. What's his name? Paciano? <laughs> Luciano. Luciano. I have no idea. So anyways, yesterday I went with my friend to, um, to watch him. So his, his movie about his life, right? Yeah. But of course, you know, it's so interesting. You find these things. I obviously had two affairs. He married his second lover. Oh my God. He already was married to an Italian woman. He had three girls. And then the last one was his assistant. She was 30 some years younger than her. So my friend and I, when we left, we were um, recapping. And it seems like we've only recapped these things. Like he was amazing. Of course, he was the, the most amazing opera singer. So why I remember you. His name? What's his name again? <laughs> Pavarotti, right? Is that how you say I it? I, I have know. no idea. I got to be a jerk. <laughs> Luciano. That's it. It's better. See, this is me getting back at you for, for you being my teacher. <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, so anyways, so when he was born, he had some traumatic experience. I don't know exactly the date, the detail, but when he was born, there was a struggle with his birth. And I remember you and I had a conversation yes. about the struggles of people's birth. Yes. 100%. And how this makes them stronger yep. or not stronger. And it seems like he had said something in the movie, I wish if I were recorded, where he was saying that because there was a struggle in the birth of, you know, his birth, that it made him more vulnerable and more stronger. And maybe that would add to his success. But I also, if I remember correctly, and if I didn't, please forgive me, is that one of his child had also had struggle being you know, when she was born. And so she also had, later on, she had some struggles with uh, some health issues with her immune system, whatever. And she came, you know, she recuperated from it. So he was saying there must be something about when kids from birth, when they struggle to come to this earth, that that already makes them stronger to handle life. Yep, we're, and that's when I remembered you. And we're tough SOBs, that's for sure. Yes, you that's know? what he was saying. That, you know, apparently, if you're going to struggle just to be on this earth, it means that you already have this power. Yeah, we came in fighting, we're going to leave fighting too. Exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Like, and it would make sense. It, w- it would make sense from what you were saying when we were talking about genetics and the triggers of epigenetics. Oh, yeah. And if you're coming into the world and you have to have that fight or flight kick in right away, mm. that's got to do something. I can't help but think when you think of the brain and how the brain's wired as a child, because your brain's wiring till you're nine years old or 12 years old, right? Yeah. And then your hypothalamus fully develops by the age of 24. Is that's it the right. Hypothalamus? No, it's uh, 
It's the emotional. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's the one in the oh front my God. loop. So it is. Something, the yeah, 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 yeah. Something, something like that. That's right. That. I'm not going to get Where it. Where all the emotions are processed. That's but right. I mean, your brain is still wiring. So if your wiring or your hut wire goes off automatically, that's got to do something. It's got to be some sort of a shock to the system. And I think the idea is, is that, uh, so I mean, he really made sense. It's like when you are from the beginning, you're struggling. And so maybe it does tap in into your ability to survive. And so later on, you know, that's what he utilized. And that, you know, happened with his daughter who was sick. So I don't remember exactly how he was saying it, but it was a really nice statement he made that maybe there's something about kids that come to this world when they have struggled during birth. And this causes them to become stronger as individuals. That makes sense. Yes. That definitely so, does make sense. Yes. So the idea is, is that, you know, that's I mean, why, that's why I'm so I mean, cool. so, yeah. That's why. <laughs> oh, and this also gives some sense of, you know, confidence with women who have like have had babies and there's women that have had yeah. babies that are struggling. So maybe, you know, instead of looking at it as a negative thing, maybe this will make them stronger as individuals. I'd love to see research. There's got to be research on it. I'm going to look. I'm, I'm definitely going to dig into this. No, no, this. I'm sure there's now, research. Now I'm really, look, there's like, research I'm about everything. Interested. I know, right? There's research about everything. So I'm sure there are some research. Definitely if my friend Luciano Picelli, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I'm telling the kid, I'm what did going you, did to you, see. Did you just see the movie? I just saw the you movie yesterday. The How could I not remember his name? Because Sorry. it's complicated, but I know he loves pasta. <laughs> I mean, God rest his soul and peace is dead now. But he loved pasta and he was on Jimmy Carter. Do you remember? No, but you're too young to remember. Not I'm, Jimmy. I'm young, but I'm not that young. Not Come Jimmy on. Carter. The, not the Jimmy president. Fallon? The, the, the talk show guy. Was he Carter? I can't remember. Oh my God, what is wrong with my Late brain? night with Conan O'Brien? No, the other one before. See, you are young. You don't remember him. Um... I know who you're talking about. The dude with white hair. Yeah, the, the dude with dude. white hair. Was it, no, no. He was on Donahue's show. Remember Donahue before Oprah took over? I remember Donahue. Okay, so oh, no, no. He was on his show. I mean, at least in the movie it says. And when he went to do his show, he took pasta with him. Apparently when he travels, he travels with a lot of luggages. And there was a lot of pasta and a lot of meat. And so when he went on Donahue's show, when he invited him, he yeah. cooked his pasta, his favorite pasta. And with spicy pasta. And he had, you know, cooked it right there and he gave to everyone and he'd love to eat it. And a lot of garlic was a really nice movie. I liked it. Not to advertise for it, but I liked it. <laughs> I liked it because... It, yeah, because they're, they're, they're sponsoring the show right but now. But then my friend and I, we were disappointed. And first of all, I didn't have a lot of friends that know him. I mean, if you're not into opera, I mean, I don't know how people in this part of the world didn't even know him. So half of my people that I called to see, anyone wants to go see the movie with me, they're like, what? Why would I want to go see that? Especially it's competing with like uh, uh, Spider-Man, <laughs> obviously. Oh my God. So yeah. my friend and I were going to this theater and one theater had a line. And then one theater had only seven people. So I told my <laughs> friend, do you think this is our line? She's like, seriously? <laughs> That's a Spider-Man line. I was like, okay. So obviously not too many people know. And then I tell the kids, I'm telling them today. I said, you know, I went because it was a late movie. So they were sleeping. And, and my son is like, what, mom? Who is that guy? What happened? And then like, they always make me feel like I'm like ancient. And then so their piano teacher came today. I said, please, can you please tell me, do you know who this guy is? She's like, of course. He's an opera legend. Everybody knows him. <laughs> and then I said, please, can I record it? Because I'm not that old. She's much younger yeah, than me. Yeah. She knows. But... But really, I thought he had a really good statement. Except I was disappointed. I mean, he had two affairs. Come on. 
First, he was Might in love with his fault. assistant. <gasps> <laughs> it's I a woman's can't. fault. It's, it's always a woman when a man. Fault. Oh, yeah. So when a man cheats, but, but, it's a woman's but wait, fault. Wait, hold on. No, no, no. A man speak, cheats speak. because he can. <laughs> no, women can cheat too. No, we, women cheat. We don't. Women in Kuwait look, probably cheat more than men. Yes, they we, can't we're get texting. Away with it. Yes, they're all all cheating, texting. You wait, guys so are in life. Hey, is cheating on me with texting? I hope not. But people here, women are scared to go out, so they'll like text. Men, I highly, I highly men cheat that. because they can. You know why? Because when their wife finds out, if you think about it, the higher percentage of women that find out her man is cheating, she doesn't leave him. When a man finds out his wife is cheating, he leaves her. Okay. So we're more at risk. Well, here's my thing for women. What they oh, can do yeah. is follow suit with the lady in Arizona, what she did to her husband. <laughs> yeah. Bobbit, is that what was her I, name? I have no idea. Uh, but I think it was pretty funny though. It was a pretty funny. And nowadays… I mean, not funny like in the sense, but I mean… I mean she dealt she, with it. She, yeah. she, dealt, she took action her, into her hand. Yeah, you exactly. give her credit. Well, hold on. Let can me you back. imagine all these people walking around trying to, you know, cut off the penis of their husbands, for example? Because <laughs> does, that, does that count as a swear because <laughs> well, I, don't I got know. you I was to say penis like, on the show? <laughs> What is their biological? Uh, their um, what's the bio- What's the right word to say? Oh my god, I'm totally drawing a blank right now. I mean, I don't know their private part. Yeah, you could say. Private I could part. say private part. Their genitalia. Their genitalia. Their genitalia. There you go. But all right, since we've talked about old TV shows, genitalias, <laughs> and opera singers, apparently, did you ever watch Doctor Ruth? Yeah, of course. Right? Was I she a psychologist? What was she exactly? I remember. Yeah, I guess she had a PhD in psychology. Was she a shrink? Like, what did she, she might do? Have been, or what she was might her have, show about? Did she write in a magazine and a newspaper? Right? Was that New York Times? I have no idea. She I, re- used to take I remember seeing it as, kid, as a kid. No, no. I don't, people used to write for her, and she used to answer them and either publish it or whatever. But then, did she have a show? Show? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, she did. She yes, and then a... she used to come out on the show and where people called in live and asked her questions. But now, what was her? She she obviously for calling her Doctor Ruth. She's PhD, but I don't know. Is it clinical psychology or counseling? I'm looking. I'm looking right now. Like I'm. I'm looking her up. I love the way we don't have a lot of information. I know, but we just oh, know certain things. She was uh, is a German American sex therapist. That's ah, yeah. she was okay. a sex. Th- See, so, we need more sex therapists. That's where I was going with that question. What would Doctor Ruth have said about the lady chopping off her husband's genitalia? Probably, I'm hoping she would have said, "Good job." <laughs> you know, I'm so. What do you I- think? A man would probably feel like he would do. He would do the same thing. I mean, did you read on the paper the other day? What was it in the here? The paper the other day where a woman wanted to divorce her husband, and he wasn't uh, happy about the divorce. Yeah, and then he had her attacked by some dogs. I mean, it was like you know to make sure that. She never meets another person or whatever. So the idea is that some people do really crazy things because they feel entitled and they're controlling and they don't want this property to go to somebody else. So I guess, you know, and then uh, obviously, you know, I don't know what happened to him, but there was a case that, you know, the guys like uh, totally demolished her with these dogs. He let them loose. And that's, see, that's scary anywhere. I mean, I don't think it's just with, with, that is very scary, actually. Anyone who could do that. To be able to have that. I mean, obviously, that's why she left him. Because yeah. he was crazy. And she left him because he was like very abusive and controlling to her. And he was like monitoring every step. And he started to become jealous because she started a business of her own and was doing good. So the idea is, is that, you know, he couldn't handle because she called the police on him. I don't know. He, she did something where he had to spend a couple of days in prison and he got pissed off that she did that. And so he went after her. And it's scary. But the, you know, the thing is, is that this, uh, this really says that, you know, when people feel that they are so much 
you know, feel entitled to this person, especially in this part of the world. It's like, you know, a lot of times men feel like their women is their property and she is my wife. So that's why affairs, yeah. I think it's very more dangerous when a woman has an affair because the man... Are we talking about affairs this episode? I mean, today we're not going to talk about affairs. Well, I wasn't going to talk about affairs. I thought affairs. we were going to talk about affairs. Do you want, we want to talk about affairs? Why people have affairs? I thought we were going to talk about something else. What were we going to talk can, about? We were going to talk I just, I love about... It. She's holding up the paper. She's like, sorry, I got lost between Picasso oh, and like... I was just telling <laughs> Dr. you. Dr. Ruth and David Letterman no, I, and Conan O'Brien. I know. We could talk about about affairs, but you know, I don't know. It's like, well, let me even... have one and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Hey, yeah. I'm hoping she doesn't listen to this. Episode. I hope not, but you know, she listens to all I'll, of them. I'll try to catch hey in an affair. I'm going to see if she's <laughs> texting anybody and I'm going to be like, but you know, don't you think in this part of the world, most women are texting, most men are doing it? I don't know. I think both are the same. I mean, I mean, more, re- men have more freedom to but move men, around men here. Are out of the house Where is the all girl going to go? Men are out of the house all the time. So they are more opportunity to. But then you wonder, they're having an but affair the, with the woman. Where, she, where are they meeting? Yeah, her? what's the woman doing? I mean, the woman might I mean, be the out. woman has kids, so they're sleeping and she's bored. He's not around. It's not our fault. But most, if women, he's not have around. A, most women have a nanny. Most no, women, no, no. She's so, home I mean, waiting for him. He doesn't come. So she starts. You okay, know, with this social media, it's so easy to meet what people. What if she's a stay-at-home mom I'm, and he goes to work? The kids go to work, yeah. right? What's so she then she has, the whole, she has the whole morning. She could. Especially when he's not satisfying her and especially if he's not paying attention to her and he's making her feel like she's just the property for his kids and that the only reason he married her is so she can have kids and cook for him and clean for him. What do you think she's going to do? You know, kills me when people See, I, think, li- I like bringing out the angry side. This, it really <laughs> like kills me. I mean, we might as well continue talking yeah, about it. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's just I mean, keep why, do men, why do men cheat and why do women cheat? I mean, the idea is that, but then also the affairs is that, you know, it's bad for either way. But then sometimes you think about it. Now, when a guy, like when a man comes into my office and he's all upset about, can you believe she's cheating on me? Okay, well, you're hardly ever home. You don't give her love and attention. You know, you make her feel that her only purpose is to be able to raise your kids, be there to, you know, she goes to work in the morning. She comes home. She's got to help teach the kids. She does their homework or help them with their homework. She cooks. I know we have nannies, but a lot of men don't like the nannies to cook, but she's supervising, right? So still, she'll have lunch with him and he'll take a nap for two hours. Then he's in the diwaniya. For those that don't know what that means, it means the diwaniya. He goes and sits with the guys Dr. and Dr. Dinka is going ham right now. Seriously. And because <laughs> I get D so... Do you know how many ham. cases I get with affairs? And oftentimes... So, this is what I tell you. What I see at the clinic, when a man comes in and he's surprised that his wife is cheating or she's texting, he caught her texting. But texting's not as bad as like cheating. I mean, of if course, you really but it's look cheating it. for him, right? And then he's really surprised, especially men that are been absent from the house, that have made her feel that she's not that important. You know, the idea is that, or she's caught him cheating. So she's, this is payback. And then he's surprised. Suddenly it's a trauma. Yeah, which makes him. sense. Yeah. This is the culture. It is okay for a man to cheat because he's a man, but it's not okay. So he cheats, for example, then I, then she finds out and then they come to my office. Just a recent example. She's devastated. You know, they've been married for a couple of years. They don't have kids yet because she's like, you know, trying to, you know, most of the time people better not to have kids right away until you figure things out. Then they marry. He loves her. I mean, this is love marriage. We're not even talking about traditional marriage that you guys hear about, about, you know, this traditional between family. No, no, this was love marriage. 
And he was cheating. She finds out he's cheating. Why? You know, you never understand. She's devastated. She's crying because she feels like she can't trust him. I mean, she's like, before this, I was thinking this. There's no way I don't trust this guy. You know, he's a great guy, whatever. And the idea is that then you're surprised because you are shocked because you assume this person but why, married why, you to why love Why do men cheat though? Like, I mean, because it comes, they it comes, can. But it can. Because they but like why to. why do they seek it's it It's curiosity. Really? They want something new. They want curiosity. Is and it, because they Is think it? she'll because they See, think she'll never find out. Look, because we're not meant to be monogamous. Let's get it. Darwin always said we're not supposed to be. Men and women or just women? Or men just and men. women. But men have taken it really seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, women, so have we have been, a lot more to lose, Mahdi. In this part of the world, in this part of the anywhere world, you're right. part yeah, of the no, world. that's understandable. Look, women don't. Women aren't. If a man finds out his man. wife is cheating, most of the time he doesn't accept her. He in this country, he will ruin her reputation. Right? He will tell her family, which is you know, this is like the the honor. Yeah. So yeah, he goes yeah. and tells her mother, her father, and brother that I just caught, especially if he has pictures and if he has any proof. This is like honor for the family. This ruins the whole family. If she has. Sisters, they'll never be married. Let's take it seriously here in this country. So a lot more. A woman thinks twice before she can cheat physically. Now, she might be talking on the phone. That's not seen as serious. That she's chatting. Now, some men might get confused. Quite frankly, if I ever caught my wife cheating on me, I would kill her and the man. No, I'd kill the man. I'd kill the man. I'd kill the man mainly because I'd be like, dude, you know she's married. Like, seriously. I'd be like, dude. like. And then he's going to say, well, if you… Or making her happy, she wouldn't be calling me. That makes. I sense. mean, but so no, no, that, that makes, makes sense. But, but what about I mean, the, the man? Cases, I mean, the I, same thing could be the same it case. It could, could be, be true, but sometimes a lot of times, what I've noticed is that it's not because she's not making him happy. I mean, he'll say, "I love my wife." I mean, but maybe this opportunity came. You know, sometimes men are cheating because they think it's a one night stand, and then they don't realize sometimes it becomes a relationship. So a lot of times, men are looking for that curiosity. They don't, they, you know, they feel like being monogamous might not be a, a, you know, it's difficult, especially when you've been with this person for such a long time that, and if they haven't spiced up or done anything different. And truly, there are many people out there that don't believe that relationships should be monogamous, that a lot of times we are, you know, we are equipped to have more than one partner and that you are capable of loving. I mean, look in this country, you can marry up to four. Right. Yeah, and yeah. whenever you see that you talk to a, a, a man here, well, the, let's the, say he the, says, the, my heart I is not the, meant I th- to. I think the lines were blurred with the whole marrying up to form, because one story that I heard from a religious dude, and I refer to him as a religious dude because I'm not really as religious as some a people. religious but dude. No, I mean, he was yeah. very familiar, way more familiar. Like he was an what expert. Did it, say? it is and mentioned. We, we were talking and he was like, look, you can have four wives, but to treat them equally, to do everything, That's what it's extremely That's difficult. And he said, and he says the first one should know about the second one. He said, a lot of they times, all should that, know. yeah, they all should all know. But here you see it; they're not telling the first one, right? And plus, you're supposed to have reasons of why you marry a second one or a third one if the first one is not capable of having intimate relationship with you. If there is some reason that is inhibiting her from becoming a wife and a caretaker, for example, then you do that. But men are not even telling what I understand. You're supposed to tell her she's supposed to know. She's supposed to be lacking certain qualities or, you know, definitely intimacy. If she can't give you, she's sick, you know. And a lot of times, you know, the first wife, she'll say to her husband, go marry because I will not be able to provide you. I didn't know that. In some some cases, you can find it. But most of the time, he doesn't want to hurt her feelings by telling her I'm going to marry. But, But then she finds out and then she becomes, you know, very angry. 
because she real she feels hurt and distrusting of him because he didn't tell her and they surprises her. So he's allowed to be able to have these mm-hmm. relationships when they're really supposed to be built on certain things that he's lacking. And yes, you're right. They're su- he's supposed to provide for all four. So this is not a rule yeah. that's made for everyone. It's made for men that are financially stable. It should be meant for men that are able to be able to give them all yeah. four the same love. And definitely, I mean, think about it. Does our heart, is our heart meant to only love one person? I disagree with that. We can love more than one person. And we are well, I mean, able, look at, look at, look, at, look at our kids. Look at, look at our kids, for instance. Like, yeah. I love my wife and I love my son. Like, there's nothing I would die for either of them. You know, right. Like so, I mean, and the thing is, is that, but a lot of times it's the question is, is that, is it possible that he can love his first wife and his second wife? I say yes. I don't know if we were meant to only love. I mean, love. It, I mean is it, it really depends. You can love two people at the same level. Why not? Well, who says that we can't? We can. First and, wife and, and second wife. And maybe you love them for different reasons, right? Like the first wife, you love her because she's the mother of your kids. She's the first but, wife. And you have a lot more years when, with her. When you look at the love of it, all right? I mean, in my opinion, like I love my wife. I can't justify marrying <clears throat> another woman or having an affair. But then again, I mean… Let's say in 10 years, right? You've been married 10 years? So let's say another 20 years so Haya doesn't kill me. In 20 years, you realize that what you need, Haya cannot meet anymore. It's, you know, for example, the, the intimacy level that you want, but she ho- can't Hopefully I'm not like as intimate. You're in not even. Years. Like, but I but mean, you know, intellectually, like, I mean, I've had people that they will, you know, cheating is hey, not is about. a lot smarter than me. As she is actually. Oh, but oh the thing, no, wait. Could she intellectually cheat on me? She could intellectually. But the, thing, <laughs> but the thing is, is that there are, I've had people saying like, for example, I had this person say to me, the woman that I'm with, he's like the woman, the second wife. She's not as attractive as my first wife, but she's stimulating. For example, it's intellectual yeah. or she is, she, he feels that she is a very simple person and she can, they can relate. She's smart. So a lot of times, look, I truly believe that it's what happens with people getting married. They assume that when we get married, this person 100% is going to satisfy my needs. And that is unfair because there's not going to be one human being who's going to give me 100% what I need. This person I marry, I might have chemistry with them. And sexually, we're compatible, but intellectually, we're not. But it doesn't make him a bad person. Yeah. This other person, intellectually, I can speak to them. I can discuss psychology with them. You know, not every person is meant to satisfy us 100%. So when people say, I married him so he can be my friend and my husband and my soulmate and my, you know, business partner. Well, I think that the people are setting themselves up for disappointment. Because you cannot, but if your partner in life is satisfying at least 60 to 70% of what you need, that's a good thing. 60 to 70? I yes. Would, I would have now said you like are 75. lucky if you, well, it's fine. I say 60 to 70. The, the, the last 30, for example. I'm, I'm if lucky, you, alhamdulillah. Like yeah, I'd say my wife satisfies I mean, me 80% of the time. Which is good. Or even 90. Like I love my wife to death. You know, of course. She's, she's an amazing woman. And, and she is really. And I'm, but not, I'm not saying but that just some people, we're on There are some people that like, she's a great woman, right? She's attractive, right? And she's a great mom. And she's tough as hell. And <laughs> she's tough as hell. But no, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, there are people that say, you know, my wife can satisfy me in these areas. And that's yeah. fine. 
but it's unfair to think that they're going to satisfy me also with my conversation or things that I enjoy or that I have specialty in. I mean, there are people, there's doctors I know, they don't go home because they're not married to doctors. And even if they are, they're in different specialty. He doesn't go or she doesn't come and say to him. So whenever she wants to talk about research or her job, she's got colleagues at work. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that we need to find partners that is going to satisfy us that are also involved sexually. So if your partner is sexually for example, satisfies you, it doesn't mean that they have to be able to satisfy all areas of your life. I totally disagree with. And if you want to ask, can someone, you know, be able to love more than one person? I've seen it. I'm not saying that, you know, I've never, it never happened to me, but I know I've seen people that will say that they love both wives the same way. No, look, it makes sense. If you have children... You can love your children the same way, right? Yes, I mean, true. like you can definitely do it. Yeah. And if you have, and they're the same equal. Now, some people would say it's a different type of love. Yeah, it could be different type. Do, of wait, love. but do parents like love kids differently? I don't I know. Think. Like I, that's like that's I mean, why only I'm have on one. You should have having, another one. That's why no. I'm on the fence of having another one because I'm like, no, I, really I mean, love DJ, and I don't want to be unfair to the next one. You no, know? no, like, I think you love them all, and I think we all yeah. say we love our kids the same way. But let's be honest. It's not like we don't like them. We all love them, but we love them for different aspects. Like the closer they are to your personality, the more you bond with them, honestly. Yeah, so, But sense. it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to love DJ because you have longer years with him and that he has their specific type of personality that he has. And I know we've talked about this where you feel like he has a lot of your personality. So you probably will click with him more. And if it's a girl, then you might, you know, she might click more with Haya because they have similar personality. Yeah. The idea is that we can. So when we're talking about people that are cheating, why do people? And, you know, and the other thing is, is that it exists a lot here. Now, so you can question yourself and wonder why. I mean, I see it a lot. More than I used to see it when I practiced in the U.S. Why do I see affairs a lot? People are bored here, right? There's not a lot to do. We have a lot of access to cheating now from social media to, you know, being able to uh, meet someone outside in the street. People are just curious here. I feel that maybe people haven't lack been the able. education too. I think there. I think there's a huge lack of education when it comes to not only relationships but sexual curiosity. It's true. I mean, they're and maybe because they don't have a lot of experience, right? But besides that, their number one resource. It's not taught at schools here. It's never you know talked about in the family. And then you know, and you my, just, what are their experience coming from? Pornography, right? Yeah, Pornhub I mean, and whatever else it is. Exactly. That's let's be yeah, honest. No, 100%. I mean, because you're not allowed to be able to talk to someone about sex or when you're a teenager, for example, you're not going to go and, you know, do things with other people. And here they're very, 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 very traditional when it comes to intimacy before marriage and sex before marriage is wrong. So most of the time you'll see, especially men, in my experience, I've seen a lot of men more addicted to pornography, which then gives you a poor concept and perception of what sex, real sex is. Exactly. And you know how many cases I see in the clinic where someone is addicted to pornography and she doesn't know. Then he marries her and she's a virgin and doesn't have any experience. Then he's trying to teach her, but he's teaching her all the things he's learned from pornography, which is not realistic. Yeah. And then he's, because he's addicted to this type, he's not going to find his wife attractive because A, she's not doing the things he thought she's doing. And second of all, she has no experience. And instead of really being able to realize, if you're going to be... And for the men out there, there's... Proven cases, like right now, it's widely researched. I think they're seeing the most cases they've ever seen with guys in their tweens, like 20 to 30, in early 30s with erectile dysfunction because of pornography. Actually, because they're addicted to 
Masturbation. Yeah, and it's, it's pornography. That? They can't. Yeah. yeah, they can't get stimulated by by a real woman. They're only no, stimulated and, and by and there's so much woman. research, and I talk about it. You know, when I say, well, how early did you start watching pornography? Well, most of the time, it's the average, like everyone else in all the world. 14, 15, they're curious. They suddenly saw a magazine. And back in the days, they had magazine. Now they're starting to watch it on on um, on uh, social on media, right? But the idea is, is that, okay, at 14, 15, then they spend a lot of their time because they're not busy. Now, it's normal to be able to watch it in in your teenage because, you know, this is curiosity it's a part, it's a and it's a release up. of a yeah. lot. Yes, it yeah. is part. But what happens? Where does a mistake happen? When these kids don't have any other activities, they are sitting in their room and they're just watching pornography for hours and therefore they become addicted. Not only are they getting addicted visually, they're also addicted physically because now the only way you can release is using is masturbating. So imagine the only way that they are satisfied is masturbation. And he really thinks this is normal. Okay. And then what happens? He marries a girl who's decent, young. She doesn't understand anything. You know, this is the way we live around here. You know, she's not going to have any experience. Maybe she's watched porn a little bit, but most of the research is men becoming addicted to pornography. No, it's true. And it's a serious addiction. And then she's shocked. It's a serious addiction. I want to get that out there. It is a very serious addiction. They don't get it. And we see it a lot here and people don't get it. They think it's a normal part of life. Doesn't surprise me. When you're watching it. it's so taboo though. But also I have to, there's a clarification in, and this is what we were talking about even earlier is they're saying, when does something become abnormal? It is abnormal when you're starting to spend, just like, you know, video games. Everything in moderation is okay. You're going to play one hour. You only play two, three hours on a weekend. I understand. For pornography, if you are realizing that the usage time is more than eight hours or 16 hours, this is problem. Yeah. You're getting addicted. 100%. Yeah, and then, that's true. So you're asking me why they cheat. Let me tell you from my experience why they cheat. I mean, this is my experience and people can disagree with me. What? Why do they cheat? Because then he gets married. He thinks, thank God, I don't have to be addicted to pornography. Now I can do it with real humans, right? Then he is intimate with his wife. He's having sex with his wife and he cannot even, you know, reach the climax. Why? Because it doesn't feel the same way when it was manual. And then now she's thinking something's wrong with her. This happens a couple of times. And then she realizes that he is not enjoying sex with her. And she catches him. I had a couple of cases where then she catches him that he's on pornography or like he wants her to go to her parents' house or take the kids because yeah. he wants some free time yeah. because that's what he's doing by himself, right? And then she's realized. And then she's hurt. No, no, she's hurt. And then they come to my office crying saying, Doc, you know, he is he is masturbating using pornography. Am I not good enough for him? Am I bad? Why would he be doing this? The wife is here. He's neglecting me. He's not giving me enough sex time or sex. But then he's sitting on pornography. Can you please explain it to me? Because it is personalized now. Because if you don't understand, having been educated, you don't. And plus, when he married you, he didn't tell you I'm addicted because he himself probably didn't know he was addicted. When does he realize? Is because at first he knows he's spending a lot of time, but he's figured, I don't have a wife. I'm not married yet. When he marries and he continues to go back seeking pornography, guess what? That's when he realizes there's a problem because now my wife is not satisfying me and I'm looking to have something else outside. So why are they cheating? So they're cheating using pornography. Pornography is also cheating for a wife because she'll feel there's something wrong with her. Why? Because now this stimulation he got through, this addiction, he's not getting it with his wife. Then he tries to go look outside for it. 
because he thinks maybe there's something wrong with the wife. Let me go to another woman and see. And then he realizes, uh, hello, the problem is with you. It's not, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter who you're going to yeah. find to do it for, with. You are going to always come back until you accept the idea there's something wrong with you. And a lot of the cheatings that I have worked with, you know, couples that have noticed an affair either side, you know, definitely the men had had pornography. It makes, it makes sense though. I mean, when you have something that's so taboo in our society and then you're giving full access to it, you know, well, what's going to happen, right? right? If you're deprived of something and you don't learn about it. And I think there is no education on porn addiction, especially not only in Kuwait, but globally. There's I mean, no there addiction. is no addiction. And right I mean, how- now, I mean, come on, how, how old is a kid exposed to images on Instagram of, you know, women or men. Like, yeah. let's be fair here. Yeah. Girls can be exposed to like pornographic images of someone just wearing a G-string and it's okay on Instagram. I mean, think of when we were kids. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, you know, rated R when I was a kid was like a big thing. Rated PG-13 had nothing in it. Now rated, P- rated PG-13, you're seeing, you know, thongs in it and all kinds of crap. Mm. And it's like, where did, you know, what's going on here? Like something's, Something's off. And it's like Instagram. And it's and here, because it's taboo, you know, the idea is that no one wants to ask the question because if you talk about, I mean, you should see in my classes, the idea is that not that I'm talking about sex or whatever, but I teach this family class, right? Well, yeah. you can't talk about family without talking about intimacy, right? Yeah, and I try to be, you know, but because here they tell you, well, you can use the word sex. You can. So, but you want to educate them because these are, are adults who are going to be married. You know, I have one married person who is older there, but the rest of them is like, you know, that's why they take these classes is because they want to educate themselves since we don't talk about, but it's taboo. Like sex is taboo. We can't talk about that. Okay. Pornography. And you should see the way their faces is like, whenever I say, well, I bet you all the guys are like, "Mm." like, yes. And the girls (laughs) are turning red. They all probably cover their faces. Because they're not comfortable. But the idea is that, but then, you know, you realize once you start talking about it and realize that you can talk about it in a scientific way, I'm not talking about it in a, you know, I'm not talking about it in, in an encouragement way, but these guys, they're adults, they're in college. I mean, we're not talking, I'm talking about high schoolers. I'm talking to college kids that I'm saying that they already are engaging in pornography anyways. I'm sure that they're chatting and talking to boys and girls. I'm sure they're in a relationship. The idea, I mean, let's not be, you know, silly to think let's that. Let's not be the, naive to yeah, think everyone is. Because, I mean, is, yeah, I mean yeah, you know, there might be, yeah. there. I'm not saying that every person is doing that, but let's say they are more at risk of finding someone or there because a lot of nowadays they want to be able to love the person for they marry. Okay. And then it's like you talk about it and, and they are like clues and they ask you questions like you think, you think, you know, wow, because they'll ask you, they never thought that pornography was an addiction that causes a problem in their intimate life. Because at first it's like, oh, well, at least he's, he's learning. So that way, usually we, a mom does not sit. Most of the time, majority of moms do not sit with their daughters before she marries to say, this is what we do. I know my mother didn't tell me. Yeah. Nobody tells you because they're embarrassed. They don't know how to talk about Sorry, it. Sorry, my dad told me. <laughs> well, see, see maybe no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It was a joke. But for women, no. definitely moms. I mean, here you find out that a mom does not sit with her daughter to prepare her. And if the girl has any questions, she's afraid to ask her mom because that's bad. Then she wants to ask her her friend or the sister who's older. See, I always thought that was like a cultural thing where women prepare they their daughters. No. They actually do. They're like, okay, you know, we're going to Maybe your sister, you if you have way. an older sister who's married. Other than that, do you know what they tell you? He will teach you, poor guy. So hopefully he's not... But even Wait, if, they say he'll teach you yeah, the poor guy? Yeah, no, they don't say I say poor guy. <laughs> this is such a big responsibility. Now they're saying 
he will teach you because that's what she's expecting. Oh, well, you know, he yeah. probably has more experience, which, you know, here, they're encouraging the guy to have experience. Well, he watched a lot of Pornhub. So that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And then... Which the, is messed up. And the then he's so he's so stressed up. because he's he's going to have to teach her. And what does he learn? Because he's also a virgin. Yeah. So his, the, his knowledge is from this media. And he thinks this is real. And which then is, until which you is get sad. to the yeah. point, this is not real. Because it's fiction. It's fiction no. in general. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I, I think, think it's, it's, important. it's such a deep-rooted issue. Not only affairs, but I think pornography and porn addiction mm. is such a deep-rooted issue in and not it's only big. our society, but globally. I mean, it's hitting teenagers in such a way like I mean I'm worried about it today when he hits 15 16 years old because at that point how do you monitor you know like yeah by then it's not even going to be like VPNs and whatever to cover up it's going to be like they're going to have weird passwords and you know like everything there's going to be no way this is where we come as parents it is my job to talk to my kids if you don't want this is what I don't understand. Parents say they don't want their friends to tell their kids things, right? Okay, so if I don't want my kid to learn things from their friends, I should have a relationship with them where they are willing to come and ask me any question without going off. But Can you imagine? I mean, some of these parents, parents please. Parents are afraid to have Ex- that relationship. No, no, but they want to have that God complex. But it's so okay. I'm not meant to be their friend. I'm totally against parents who are trying to be their kids' friends. Why? I, you're not supposed to be their friend. You are the father. They can always find friends, but they'll never find a father or a mother. But hold on, wait. But, oh, my kid calls me his best friend. Yeah, but, and I, I call him my best friend. But you friend. can't be best friends because best friends don't punish. They don't See, give rules. I disagree with you because when you think about it, when I say I'm your best friend, right? I'm your best friend and this is my so daughter. So then I don't punish. I don't… You can't. Best friends don't punish. Best friends do punish. They're not like, going to respect… Have arguments. No, Come on. they don't friends punish you. Listen to me. If just listen to me, yeah. if I'm my daughter's See, this best is friend, where you get scary. Exactly. <laughs> the, the listen, listen to, to me with a pen. That's where it gets scary. Think about it. I am my daughter's best friend. Okay. Fine. Because people don't understand. I could be a mom and have an open relationship with my daughter without being her best friend. For example, best friends. When I am her best friend, I have to talk her lingo. I have to dress like best friends do. And I have to allow her to do whatever it is in front of me that she she could do in front of best friends. Right? Then let's say I did. But then when she does something wrong, I cannot turn into a different role and say, I'm your mom now. I've grounded you for the week. That How? makes Look, that… Then is, she's going to say to the… No, there's a lot of literature. See, that's a good confuses argument. That's kids. a good argument. That's a very good argument. And I, I so totally… So I might as well stay the parental. That's but a good I can argument. have an open relationship with them. I don't but have to even be a best that, friend. But, but why can't I… Why can I not play the role to my child as their best friend and as being their friend and… It doesn't an work figure, that way. How? You can't have three roles. But how, why not? Why? Because there's confusion to the kid, not you. The confusion to the kid. When they become so teenagers… So right now, I'm confusing my son No, by because saying, he's still small. But when, when they become teenagers and you say to them, you're grounded because you just picked up a cigarette… They're going to say, oh, oh I thought… If my kid picks up a cigarette, I'll kick his ass. But listen to like, me. You can't kick their ass because not, you're just really, the best… But no, I'm but probably... you're his best friend. They do pick up cigarettes with best but friends. But my best friend my best friend, kicked my ass all the time. Like my buddy Dave, when I grew up with him… It's not the same. There, and I remember it was a specific moment. I had said something and literally he smacked me on the back of my head. And Dave is, you know, he, he was a lot tougher than me. But in general… Like we had arguments, but till this day, we've been friends for 33 years. No, but it's, since it's, we were like two. But think about it. Him, well, actually, three. Him, 
hitting you across the head because he wants you to wake up and not do something bad. That's a best friend reaction. Best friends do that. That's not what parents react. Do that? A parent, uh, the parent doesn't use physical reaction, right. anyways. And for me, your friend is not going to say you have time out now. You're grounded for a week. Friends don't do these things. They'll tell you, look, I don't like your behavior. They'll fight with you. They'll scream at you because you're engaging in a behavior. They don't want you to go. I understand that's friendship. But to believe me, you will have much more, uh, you know, existence and you're a better resource for your kid if you stay as a parent. Again, not to confuse parent. Why do you guys act, act like parent has a bad connotation? <laughs> it does. It does. It really and it does. doesn't. Because so when you're saying you can't... It's gotten a bad rap over the years. Come well, on. it does, but it does, we can Especially change Especially here, it's gotten a really bad I, rap. I, you know, I don't want my kid to think because again, as I repeat myself, they will never find a parent, but they can always find a friend. I am the parent. I am the person that I'm their safety zone. I am the person they come when they are in crisis. I am the person that's going to provide and make them feel that the, the world is safe. And if there's anything that they need to talk about, I am there. I'm not judging them. So, but still these are so there, my daughter is not going to be able to pick up a cigarette in front of me or have a drink in front of me or talk in that bad language that friends do because they, there is okay. boundary. That boundary, it is so important to maintain because when I need to use it, I will use it. But I can't go back to a boundary of a friend, to a boundary of a That's parent. A then she, she gets confused. My children, well, then one day they'll be teenagers and they can talk back and they'll say to me, oh, mom, I'm confused. Are you my friend now or are you my parent now? And that's when you realize, oh, maybe I did it wrong. I could be a parent and I could be a supportive parent and I could be an understanding parent and they can ask me. And you know what? They can ask me these questions about the pornography, sex, and I will talk about it. What parents need to do out here, and especially in this part of the region, is they need to educate themselves on how to talk about these things. Like we should be able to prepare our kids for sexual abuse if anyone comes and touches. This yeah. is when you start yeah, young, no, that's touching true. you inappropriately. These are discussions we should be having. Started having that having that yes, discussion with you DJ should. of stranger danger. And if anyone touches you in a place they shouldn't, like That's we're right. having these discussions. No, and you're supposed to. You have to. There are but books that you can read. But people here don't do it. People here don't do it. I haven't, at you know least why? I haven't seen it. I think it's two things. A, they're embarrassed. They don't know how to even approach it. Second of all, they don't have enough information. Do you know what we've taught my son? And I'll say this on air. He doesn't, you, for his genitalia, he says penis. Yeah. Like we you know Like I just said it, you said it's a bad word. No, I didn't say it's a bad word. I said genitalia. But we we say penis. Like he'll be outside and he he thinks nothing of it. But other kids his age will call it something else and it's an Abe area and it's this and they're more inclined to show it and whatever, you know, at that age. Versus DJ's like, Meh, whatever, man. Like Yeah, exactly. It doesn't it doesn't even phase him. Exactly. You have given him a comfort zone. They need to be comfortable with these words. And because they're comfortable, they can kind of ask. But if we act like in this house, it's taboo yeah. to talk about sex. No, no, no. It's taboo to mention your private part. No, no, no. We don't talk like this. They are going to have a sense of awkwardness. So whenever my kid, if they're raised in a house that says, no, 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 we don't talk about these private things. Two things. We don't talk no, about politics true. and sex. And if we're going to raise them, believing that this awkward, tomorrow when he has a question about it, he's going to have a question. He's a teenager. Yeah, 100%. Who's he going to go to? To website, yep. right? It's all wrong. He's going to Google it or he's going to go to his friend. And three of them, I don't want him to give information to 100%, my kids. 100%. No, 100%. To be honest. So this is what we need to do. We need to 
open a discussion. Parents, first of all, they need to educate themselves. Second of all, because you can't give advice if you don't have education. Second of all, you should read materials together. Like my daughter, she's only nine. When I'm preparing her for her puberty, we're talking about period. We bought a book. We read it. She's reading it. I have questions for her. We are going to have this discussion. She knows what a pad looks like. This is an important, she's nine. So that way, when she has it, not like my times. My times is like, <laughs> you just wake up, ooh, and then you feel bad. You think oh, that really? you hurt yourself. Of course, nobody talks about it. This is, I think this is a whole episode on its own but that we is, need to talk this is about. The discussion. Yeah, we got to talk about parenting. We need to do an episode Yeah, we on do parenting. need to do parenting. I think that's an important one. And I think we should wrap up because you just ended it on a high note. That's right. Yeah, that, that was, you know. Even, yes, education. Yeah, even though you're I a little mad so- at me, it's okay. <laughs> Be- and remember, you are not your kid's friend. You are the parent. There's always a thin line. But there's also a very important we can boundary. Ag- we can agree to disagree. Whatever. We can agree to disagree. Yeah, come, when you come to me and say, you know, I want you to treat DJ, then I'll remind you about this conversation. Inshallah, inshallah, I do a good enough job where my son doesn't have to go in for treatment. Or he can That's come. No, That's he can come for. because he just wants to talk. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but hopefully he can talk to his best friend. <laughs> On that note, Whatever. If you guys have any questions for the amazing Dr. D who dropped a lot of knowledge bombs this episode, and we don't know what we're going to call it. Uh, sex ed with Dr. Ruth? Or oh, are we going to call it affairs? Sex, pornography? Sex ed with Dr. D. Is it sex ed with Dr. D. That's a, that's a good ring for this one. Yeah. We might, we might get in trouble for that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But we're international. Porn ND. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Any questions, DM us. Or DM Dr. D on this one. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you. And join us next time.